Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. This is Arthur Burley Martin with Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. You guys know here at this podcast, we just keep it really real. Because the root cause is the real cause. So we have to go inside to see what's really going on. You know, the Word of God tells us we must take the blank out of our own eye before we can see the splinter in our brother's eye. So this is what we're here to do to get again today. Um, we're going to talk about the crossover. Will you cross over? Will you enter in to your pro- to the promises that God has for you? We're going to talk about the crossover. We're going to come from Numbers 13 and, um, yeah, number 13 and Summer 14. Okay, but we're going to pray first. Father, we just thank you for being here in the midst of us, Lord God. We thank you that you created us to be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. We call you Lord. You are Lord of Lord and King of Kings. And Father God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit, who is the teacher. Father, you said we have an unction from the Holy One that knoweth. We have an unction from the Holy One that knoweth all things. Father, we ask that the Holy Spirit teach us lead us, guide us, and direct us into everything that's true. You guys, thank you for listening in. Make sure you share, subscribe to my podcast. Make sure you um, share the podcast um, if this blesses you in any way. And um, Father, we again, we come here today. We're coming out of Numbers 13. We're talking about the children of Israel. You know, the Lord had already spoke to Moses, and he told him to send, send some scouts into the land of Canaan. Because he was going to give it to him. He said, the land I'm giving to the Israelites. And uh, Numbers 13. We're just going to kind of summarize it for time's sake. But you guys go back and read Numbers 13 and 14. We're talking about the children of Israel. How when the Lord had already promised them the land. He told Moses, he said, go on and send some scouts in. I need you guys to reconnoit the land. Get 12. I want you to get... um. Send one man uh, who is a leader amongst them from each of the ancestral tribes. So Moses sent them from the wilderness to Param at the Lord's command. All the men were leaders in Israel. He sent in all the lead. It was 12 of them. Uh, but out of the 12, I want us to focus on Joshua and Caleb. Caleb and Joshua was two of the 12. So it was 12 total that Moses chose. They were all leaders. And he sent them in to spy out the land. Right? And one of the things the, uh, Moses told him he wanted them to pay attention to, and um, in Numbers 13 and 18, and from there on, he said, he said, uh, he said, go up into the hill country, see what the land is like, and whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many. See if the land they live in is good or bad. Are the cities they live in encampments or fort, or fort uh, fortification? Is the land fertile or unproductive? Are there trees in it or not? Be courageous. Bring back some of the fruit from the land. It was the season for the first ripe grape. So they went up and scouted out the land from the wilderness again. Okay, so these are the things Moses told him to look at. He said, see what the land is like. See if they strong. See if the people who live there are strong or weak. See if the land is, um, the if they live in good, if the land is good or bad. Are there encampments or fortifications? All I'm saying is the Lord, God is a God of strategy, right? He, he is the one who told Moses to send them in to scout it out. God is a God of strategy. <laughs> He's a God of strategy. He said, listen here, 
I, you know, he's already told me he's going to give him the land. But something, you know what? We need to find out what the blueprint is. We need to find out what the strategies of God is. How do you want me go, to go by possessing this land? How do you want me to go by getting this business? How do you want me to go by my deliverance? How do you want me to go by <coughs> possessing the promise that you have promised me? How do you, how do you want me to get this house? How do you want, is it going to be a traditional loan or is it going to be a private owner or how do you want me to go by getting this car? You know, how do you want, I mean, what, what promises has God promised you? What, what, we need to get the strategies. Here he's telling them what the strategies are. In order to cross over into the promised land, in order to possess the promise, they're going to have to follow the strategy of God. We need to, you know, okay, now that we got a word, we need wisdom. Now that we got a word, wisdom is the uh, principal thing. We need wisdom, and then we need some understanding. Because now I have the wisdom of God. I heard what you said. I'm going to do what you said. I need to be able to understand what you say. They heard Moses gave them uh, directions. The Lord said he had already told them, just like us, we too. We talk about the children of Israel. But God's promises, he who promised is faithful, and God cannot tell us a lie. He has already told us, your heirs and joint heirs, you're more than a conqueror, you're the head and not the tail, you're above and not beneath, you're ambassadors of Christ, you're ministers of reconciliators. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. You be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land too. What promises has God promised you? And maybe you haven't possessed it yet because you haven't gotten the strategy. God is a God of strategy. God is a strategic God. He is a God of strategy. Okay? So here he's telling them, go in, possess, I, you know, I need you to look at these things. Because before I send you in, I need you to spy out the land before I send you into the land to possess the land. So here, we're going on to, um, just for time's sake, for Hebrews 13. Let's pick up 26 when they came back. Now the spies went in, um, he, uh, excuse me, Numbers 13 verses 1 to um, 25. Okay, now we're on Numbers 13, 26. We're going to read some of that. Um, where they, they came back. They went in, they did what Moses told them to do, and now they're re they returning back. They're returning back from Canaan. Verse 26, Numbers 13, 26. It says, the men went back to Moses, Aaron, and the entire Israelite community in the wilderness of Param at Kadesh. They brought back a report for them and the whole community, for them and the whole community. And they showed them the fruit of the land. Remember Moses told them to bring it back. See if it's fruitful. So they brought back the fruit. They're coming back. They're giving the report of their reconnaissance. They're giving the report of when they went in to spy out the land. So they brought back the fruit. They reported to Moses, we went into the land where you sent us. Indeed, it is flowing with milk and honey. And here is some of its fruit. So we know that the word of God is true. Because he already told them that the land was flowing with milk and honey. He told them that he was going to give it to them. So they come back and they say, listen, we did go into this land. It is very fruitful. It is flowing with milk and honey. Just like the Lord said, in other words. Okay. 
and here is some of is some of the proof. Here's the proof. We we gonna bring you back the proof um, that what God say is true. God is a deliverer. Look at my life. My life is a living testimony. I am the proof that God is a deliverer. Because listen, this is why it's so important for us to testify. Because when we testify on behalf of what God's word say, every time we testify to what God say, we make the devil out to be a liar. So here they come back with the proof. They come, listen, here's the fruit. Here's the fruit. My fruit is the proof that God is real. My lifestyle change is the proof that God is real. The fact that I'm, I once was lost, the fact that I was empty, miserable, depressed, and oppressed, this is the fruit. This is the proof. I am the proof. This is why it's so important to testify. We overcome by the word of the, of the blood of the lamb, the word of our testimony and the blood of, our lamb, the blood of the lamb. We have to testify because the testimony is the fruit. It's proof that of who God says he is. It's the proof. When he would heal the lepers, that was the proof. The fruit is the proof. Jesus said, you'll know them by their fruit. Why is this? Because the fruit is the proof. That's the evidence. So they brought back the fruit to say, listen, it really is flowing with milk and honey. And here's the fruit. Numbers 13, 28 says, however, the people living in the land are strong. And the cities are large and fortified. We also saw the descendants of Anak there, the Amalekites are living in the land of the Negev, the Hippotites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live by the sea and along the Jordan. These are different types of people. So there's giants in the land also. Then Caleb quieted the people in the presence of Moses and said, Let's go up now and take possession of the land because we can certainly conquer it. So here they come back telling the community, giving the report of everything that was in the land. They got all these different groups of people. Some of them, were, there were giants in the land. They had giant, there were giants in the land, right? coming back with this report but Caleb said he quiet the people because everybody was getting in the uproar sound like so he had to quiet the people in the presence of Moses and he said but let us go up and take possession of the land because we can certainly conquer it but the men who had gone up with him responded hmm, we can't attack the people because they are stronger than we are so they gave a negative report hmm one translation says, I believe it says an evil report. Here it says a negative report. They gave a negative report. This was a negative report because this was not the word of the Lord. This was not what God said. God had already told them in Numbers 13. He told Moses that he was giving them the land. He was going to give them the land of Canaan. They already had, like us, like what promise are you standing on? What's, what's, what promise? Has God made to you? What, what what promise has God made to you? So He made the promise. He said, "I'm I'm I'm already." He already told them this. God's word is true. God cannot tell a lie. And when we have confidence in God's love for us, fear will have no place in us, right? So 
he already quieted the people in the presence of Moses, and he said, let us go up and take possession of the land, because we can certainly conquer it, but the men who had gone up with him respond, we can't attack the people because they're stronger than we are. Mm. So they gave a negative report. Numbers 13, 32. So the Israelites about the land, they had, uh, he gave a negative report about the land that they had scouted out. The land we passed through to explore is one that devours its inhabitants. Wow. This is a negative report. This is a negative report. Remember, God had already told them in Numbers 13 and 1 that they, they were giving it to it. Now, they don't went in, spied out the land, and this is their report. Now, Caleb had already told them, come on. He had to quiet the people down because they began to be full of fear based upon the evil report, right? So, Caleb is, uh, here they go. Here they go with this negative report. He said, the land we passed through, this is see, uh, uh, Numbers 13, 32. It said, the land we passed to, through to explore is one that devours its inhabitants. And all the people we saw in it are men of great size. Let's see. They're magnifying the problem instead of the promise, right? If we, if, do we do that? Do we look at the problem and say, oh, this is too big for God? I know he has promised to never leave us nor forsake us. I know he has promised that he is supply of our needs according to our riches and glory. I know that he, he he made all these promises to me, but this problem is this is this cancer is big, um, this addiction is bigger than me. This yeah. Uh, the Bible says nothing shall be impossible to them that believe. So they begin to look at the circumstances, and they they begin to look at the men. They saw uh, all the people we saw in it are men of great size. It's talking about the giants that are in the land. We're gonna have some giants in our land. Even though the Lord gave us the promise, we're going to possess the promise. We're going to cross over. Will you be able to cross over? Or will you wander in the wilderness? Um, Numbers 13, 33, he said, we even saw the Nephilims there. The descendants of Anak came from the Nephilims. These are giants, okay? To ourselves, we seem like grasshoppers. And we must have seen the same to them. Wow. He's, they're saying, the Nephilims are there. They're giants. And um, we look like grasshoppers in their sight. And, and they probably think that we look like grasshoppers too. I mean, he was so convinced of his inabilities. He was looking at his own physical ability. And a lot of times, this is why we don't think we can do what God has asked us to do. Because we look at ourselves based upon ourselves, our ability. We put confidence in our own armor flesh when God tells us to have no confidence in your own armor flesh. He tells us to have no confidence in your own ability. I'm not asking you. He wasn't asking them to possess the land in their ability. He was going to grace them and strengthen them and help them to do whatever it is that he called them to do to, to uh, win the battle so they could possess the land. So he's looking at his own ability. He's limited by, he's looking at what he has. I like to tell people, just because you don't have it don't mean you ain't got it, because your father has it. He is. He has promised to be the supplier of our every need. You guys get a chance, go in and look at my YouTube page, Gene um, Martin, or go listen to my pod, this podcast. It's called Child Support. And it talks about how God takes care of his children. Child Support. He's not a dabbing dad. He provides what he does. He takes care of us each and every day. We're here because it was God's idea. The very breath we breathe is his breath. 
Remember, man became a living soul after God breathed his Zoe life inside of him. Okay, so here we go. So they said, uh, they, they prophesied, and they said, they, they too big. This problem is too big. This is too much. Um, I'm like a grasshopper compared to this problem. He, he forgot all about God that fast. So we in uh, Numbers 14 and 1. It says, then the whole community broke into loud cries. And the people wept that night. Oh, Lord. All the Israelites complained about Moses and Aaron. And the whole community told them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness, why is the Lord bringing us into this land to die by the sword? And when we become hopeless, we too sometimes feel suicidal. You know, the Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So here they began to become hopeless. They said it would, I mean, it was better when we was living in sin. It was better when we was backslidden. It was better, but they forgot about the fact that they were slaves, and they forgot about the, the misery, the oppression, the depression, getting whipped. Uh, they forgot about all of that. They was hungering and yearning for that familiar place. And when we backslide, we too, this is why. When things get to be a little bit hard and we begin to doubt God, just like the children of Israel, we too, when we, begin, when we become hopeless, we become faithless. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for. So I like to ask the question, what are you hoping for? You're looking at that marriage, you're looking at that spouse, and you're saying, you're looking at those kids, you're looking at your finances and saying, it's not going to change. Oh, no, this is impossible. I know what God has promised us. But instead of talking the problem like they did, they spoke the problem. They, they was focusing on the fact that the, the giants were too big, talking about we're grasshoppers in their sight and all this kind of stuff. The devil came and he stole the word. And that's what the devil wants from us. Go back and listen to my podcast. What is it the devil wants from you? The devil, he don't, he don't want your marriage. He don't want your money. If the devil can steal your faith, the Bible says immediately after the seed is sown, Satan comes to steal the word. Why? Because the word of God is the power of God unto our salvation. The word of God is the sword of the spirit. It's a weapon of warfare. So if the devil can steal the word, if he can steal our faith, he can steal our hope. And when he steals our hope, we become hopeless. And we too begin to doubt God and speak contrary to the word of God. Start believing what the devil say, just like they, the children of Israel did. Because they was looking, they was magnifying the problem instead of the problem. We must set our faith face like a flint. And no matter what it looked like, we must remember that God is for us. And because God is for us, nothing or no one can be against us. This Bring God in remembrance of his word. He already know what he said, but he wants you to say it so you can remember what he said. We must say what God say and not what we see. The just shall live by faith. We must walk by what we believe and not by what we see. The just shall Listen, having confidence in God. Faith working by love. Having confidence in God's love for us will cause fear to have no place in us. Why is this? Because perfect love, I need you to hold on to this. I'm going to say it again because I want you to get this in your spirit. 
we know that fear is a spirit, right? This is why we don't need to be calling anxiety ours. Because one of the meaning of the word anxiety, go look it up, is fear. Look, look in there. And so when we're confessing it, we're possessing it. So when we're saying my anxiety, what we're saying is my fear, okay? And when we confess it, we possess it. Okay, fear is a spirit. Anxiety is, a, is, is fear. That's one of the meanings of the word. Go look it up. So Timothy tells us God has not given us a spirit of fear, right? A spirit of timidity. So we go back into the bondage of slavery, feeling afraid. Fear is a spirit, okay? It's not an emotional, it's not an emotion. It's a spirit, and you can feel it when it comes on you. It causes you to feel hopeless. It will cause you to feel suicidal. It causes you to feel depressed, oppressed, just like the children of Israel. They said it would have been better if we would have stayed in that abusive relationship because they forgot about the abuse. But at least we were familiar. At least we knew we were going to, uh, we were going to eat at this time and we were going to do this at this time. I know they beat us, but, you know, we could have just died back then and we were going to come. Even though God had did all these miracles, even God had delivered you and brought you off those drugs and healed you and set you free and, now we get to this hard place in our life and we begin to doubt God, not realizing that we're backslidden. Father, we forgive. Father, forgive us. Promise me you won't run when correction comes. Because, see, the real cause is the root cause. And this is called inner healing because we go, we're not surfacy. We're going to go inside and deal with, with the real issue. <laughs> this is our deliverance. This is our exodus. And who the sun set free is free indeed. There's no condemnation. This is just a teachable moment because we have to go down on the inside. Not surfacey stuff. Not the, not the, not, we're going to go, the root cause is the real cause. So we're going to go in deep. Okay, we're going to go in deep. We're going to go in deep. So here, we're going to talk about the real issues. Uh, because the, the word of God, is, is, it was left here for our example, for us to see what to do and what not to do. And this is an example of what not to do. If we want to possess the promises of God, we're going to have to believe the word of God. We're going to have to walk by faith. We're going to have to walk by what we believe, not by what we see. Okay? The just must live by faith. So they came back and they gave this evil report. The reason the report was evil, it was because it wasn't, it was saying, it wasn't saying what God was saying. So 14 and 1, okay, we already went through this. They begin to cry because they become hopeless. They get depressed and oppressed. When you're hopeless, you get you begin to cry. You get depressed, oppressed because they lost hope because they was listening to too much news. I don't know. They listened to the evil report that the, they, the, the giants were too big for them, that they couldn't take over, that they was grasshoppers in their sight. They was faking their folk. Focus. Their faith was focused on their fear. Their fear was activating their faith, so they became hopeless, depressed, oppressed, and they began to cry. Fourteen. If only and talk about being backslidden. I should have stayed in that abusive relationship. I should have stayed on that job that was depression, oppression, that God was telling me to leave. I should have stayed in that place. I should have stayed in that church. I should have stayed with those friends. I should have stayed. I don't know. What is it that you wish you would have stayed in, that that abusive relationship? What is it you wish you should have stayed in that you know God had called you out of? 
that's what they was mourning. They was they was mourning over their past, which was not a good place. But that's what depression and oppression does. It says, uh, 14 and 3, why is the Lord bringing us into this land to die by the sword? Our wives and children will become plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to that abusive relationship? Because you forget about the abuse. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to living the way we were living before we accepted Jesus Christ? Because it was familiar to us. It wasn't a good place. I was depressed, hopeless, empty inside, looking for love in all the wrong places, looking for love in all the wrong You know, this is why I tell people, there's absolutely nothing that I miss about my past life. Because I, would, I, I don't forget um, the misery. I, I don't, there's nothing about it I, 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 I miss. I used to go to the clubs because I was miserable. It wasn't because it was fun. I was miserable and I was looking for joy. Did not know that the joy of the Lord was my strength. Because see, when the music stopped, I dropped, just like a person addicted on crack. Everything we do, we do for a reason. Looking for love in all the wrong places, fornicating, looking for love in all the wrong people, looking for love in empty people, in empty places, trying to get what you want from people who can't give you what you want. That's the place we all came from. Misery. Woe. Had money, still couldn't figure out why you depressed and oppressed. And listen, and then they said this stuff to one another. Now they're quoting it and passing on the misery. So they said, uh, Numbers 14 and 5, 4. So they said this to one another. Let us appoint a leader and go back to Egypt. Ooh, Lord Jesus, they backslide. Show enough, show enough. They said, we're going to get us another uh, leader, and we're going to go back to bondage. We're going to get us a leader that's going to lead us, that's going to tell us what we want to hear, that's going to take us back into fear. This is what happens when we don't endure sound doctrine. When we can't endure sound doctrine, we go get these itching ears, and we begin to go back. I need to go and hear something that's going to make me feel comfortable. I need to go back and find me somebody that's going to tell me what I want to hear, that's going to keep me in fear. God had brought you out of fear. He had delivered you from it. But for some reason, we keep going back and getting entangled with it. He has given you a word of revelation to deliver you. You've been delivered. And this is what people fail to realize. It doesn't matter how many teachers you get, how many preachers you get, how many counselors you see, that if you don't believe it and act on what the word of God say, and if it's not a rhema word, it's not going to deliver you and set you free. And even if it is a rhema word, God had delivered them. He had brought them out. He had did all these signs and wonders. They was testifying. They was praising the Lord. They was going to church. But what happened? Now it's time to possess the promise. Now it's time to walk in. It's time to cross over. You shouted about it. You, you testified about the promise. You shouted about the business. You testified about the business. You shouted about the vision. You, you know, that was the whole purpose. See, God don't just do stuff to do stuff. He actually was leading them out of to lead them into. And likewise, those who are the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. God is leading us into something. 
He, he brought us out of sin to lead us into the promised land. He didn't just save us to save us. He saved us on purpose, for a purpose, and with his good purpose in mind. He didn't just create us to make us. But before the foundations of the world, he knew us. God is a God of purpose, and everything he does, he does on purpose, for a purpose, and with his good purpose in mind. So we're up today. We, we're awake again today to fulfill God's good plan and purpose for our lives again today. See, he didn't just wake us up so we can get up. He woke us up because he has a plan and a purpose. And we should be moving and we should be growing from faith to faith and glory to glory. And now some of us should be teachers, but we're still on milk. We can't even eat meat. We can't digest it. Because we have grown dull in our hearing. Because of the itching ears. Because we don't want what, I don't like what you said, so I'm going to go find somebody else who's going to tell me something different. Even though it's not, even though the, it's what the word says. I don't want that word. I'm going to go find me another word. So they said they're going to go find them another leader. A leader that's going to lead them back under the law. A leader that's going to lead them back into bondage. A leader that's going to tell them that they are right when they are wrong. A leader that's going to preach metaphors and not the gospel. A leader that's going to um, just tell them what they want to hear. The word of God is for exhortation, edification, confirmation. And to teach, it's for rebuke. It's to teach us how to live righteously. It's not just all edification and exhortation but it's to teach us how to live and we can't we got to quit being so surfacey and we have to be willing to go before the lord and say here i am lord it's me it's me lord it's me i don't trust you i am full of fear it's me lord forgive me lord listen i did this podcast it's called the sin that leaded uh to sin do you know the only sin we really need to repent of is doubt and unbelief the lord tells us in the story he says that the reason they couldn't enter in is because of their evil heart of unbelief and every time we don't do what the word of god say it's because of our own evil heart of unbelief we need to repent of unbelief jesus told me said, why did you doubt he always talked to them about their faith he would say to them, it's your faith that made you well. It's your faith that healed you. What? Don't doubt. Believe in your heart. Don't doubt. Don't doubt. I need you to trust me. The sin that we need to repent of, we don't need to try to sit there and think of all the things that we've done wrong. The reason we did all those things that we weren't supposed to do is because we didn't believe what God said. And it was rebellion. When, see, the truth of the matter is, let's deal with this. Go back in and listen to my podcast, The Sin That Leaded to Sin. The sin that leads to sin is doubt and unbelief. They could not enter in. They couldn't ex receive the promises of God because of their doubt and unbelief. I, you don't have to repent of, Lord, forgive me for this, forgive me for that. What Really what we need to repent of is say, Lord, forgive me for not trusting you. He, he would say to Peter, oh, why did you doubt? Oh, you of little faith. He dealt with them. Faith is the substance of things. They, without faith, it's impossible to please God. 
Because when we don't believe God, we call him a liar. This was their problem. This is why they could not. They needed to repent of unbelief. That's what they needed to repent of. Not trusting God. Not believing God. And this is the moral of this story. So when you go before the Lord, you can just simply repent. Lord, forgive me for not trusting you. Forgive me for not. Because why? Because it was because we, I didn't believe him that I committed fornication. You know, I mean, sinner sin. Sinner sin. So when you come to Christ, it's not about you confessing your sins. It's about you accepting his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Because sinner sin, we were born into sin, shaped in iniquity. We, this is why we have to be born again. So what we do when we, you don't have to repent of your sin because that's what you did. What you have to do when you're a sinner is accept the Lord Jesus Christ, believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died and he rose, and that he is the Son of God. Romans 10, 9 and 10, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died and rose, that he is the Son of God, you can be saved. That's how we get saved because we were born into sin, sinner sin. But as born-again believers, once we cross over, the sin that we need to confess is doubt and unbelief. Lord, forgive me for not trusting you. Because, see, it was because I did not trust you that Sarah and Abraham created the Ishmael. It was because I did not trust you that I went about doing my own thing. It was because I did not trust your way that I started trying to do things my way. It's because I did not have faith in your love for me. It's because I did not believe that you loved me. That's what gave place to the fear, the spirit of fear that's in me. Because perfect love casts out fear. So the thing that we need to repent of when we go before the Lord is not believing the Lord. Because everything God tells us to do, when he tells us to do something and we don't do it, it's because we don't believe it. That's what it boils down to, doubt and unbelief. He had already told the children of Israel, I've given you the land. All I want you to do is go in and find out. Because I'm giving you strategies. I'm giving, I'm going to show you how to set up this business. I'm going to show you how to um, how to walk in the vision. Write out the vision. Make it plain. And know the vision, Terry, it's surely going to come to pass. We done shouted about it. How are you going to possess the promise? How are, you gonna, how are you going to accomplish the mission, the purpose, and the plan that God has called you to? You're going to need a strategy. God is a God of strategy. Nothing just happens. He will give you ideas. He'll give you witty inventions. He said he gives us the power to get wealth. We don't have to chase after wealth. God has given us the power to get the wealth. So we got to ask God for the wisdom to know how to go by getting whatever, the, getting the wealth. Everything that you need to succeed, everything we need to succeed is already inside of me. Can you say that? Everything that I need to succeed is already inside of me. We're fully loaded. We have the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We have to be able to endure sound doctrine if we're going to walk a lifestyle of authenticity. The real, if you cannot be free, if I cannot be me, then I'm not really free. Who am I? I am an heir and a joint heir. That's my identity. My identity is not in what I do. My identity is not in what I have. My identity is in who God says I am. You guys pick up my book, Understanding Your New Identity in Christ Jesus. It's a, it's a little work, but it's like 25 pages long. It's a study guide. Understanding our identity in Christ Jesus. So I'm trying to get through this. So here they are. They said we're going to number 14 and 
support. They said, but they finna go and appoint them another leader so they can go back into Egypt. We're gonna go get back. We're gonna go backslide and get back with those old friends we used to hang out with. You know, at least we we was familiar with them. We we know they're not going anywhere. They're still doing the same thing. They've been stuck in there for thirty years. I'm going back to that place so I can just sit there and hear the word. I'm not we we not challenged to change. We're not challenged to do what it say. But we show up every day and that's that it's okay. I know God has called me out from amongst them and He's told me to come to you separate. But I'm I'm you know, this is a lonely place sometimes. So I, I'm finna go back. I'm gonna backslide because that's what they was because God brought them out of bondage. Egypt, slavery, oppression, depression. That's what all that represents. But I'm gonna go back to fear again. I'm going to go back and start back fearing again. I'm going to go back and start back uh, worrying again. I'm going to go start back hanging out with those friends that's going to tell me what I want to hear. I'm going to go back to that familiar crowd. They're not going anywhere, but at least they don't challenge me to change. At least nobody is telling me I'm, I'm wrong when I'm wrong. I don't want to know that. I want to do what I want to do. And so they wanted to go back to Egypt. They wanted to go back to oppression, depression, bondage. Um, defeat, being empty, looking for love in all the wrong places. They wanted to backslide. Uh, numbers 14 and 5. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole assembly of the Israelite community. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Nephanon, who was among those who scouted out the land, they tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite community, the land we pass through and explore is an extremely good land. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us into this land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and give it to us. Only don't rebel against. And so numbers 14 and uh, I think we ended at 14. I'm back. 14 and. Okay. 14 and 5. Okay. 14. Because. uh uh, 14 and 4 is the children of Israel saying we want to go back to Egypt. They said we're going to get them, get them another leader. And so we have Moses and Aaron. They fell on their face before the people, you know, uh, pleading with the people that the Lord is able to. Um, they tore their clothes. He said the, the land we pass through and explore is an extremely good land. Numbers 14 and 8. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us into this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And he'll give it to us. Here they come testifying. Don't get discouraged. They're just vexed and grieved and tearing their clothes and everything because of the attitude of the people. Okay, verse 9, Numbers 14 and 9. Only don't rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid. Listen, this is his instructions to him. He said, listen here, you need to stop rebelling against the Lord and you don't need to be afraid. You don't need to be afraid. Don't, don't allow fear to come in. Don't rebel against the Lord. Quit rebelling against the Lord. He's already given you the word. He's already told you what he will do. Quit being rebellious against the Lord and backsliding. Because when we get in rebellion, we backslide. Quit being rebellious against the Lord. And don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the people of the land. Don't be afraid of the situation or the circumstances. For we will devour them. Their protection has been removed from them. And the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. Moses, they just kept constantly saying, you know, fear will keep us from being able to cross over. Fear will keep us from being able to possess the promised land. Fear is what's keeping, it's fear, the spirit of fear. God had delivered you from this. He's already delivered you from this. 
He's given you a rhema word. God has blessed us and he's done some miraculous signs and wonders. Listen, when we begin to doubt God's love for us, that's when the spirit of fear is able to come on us. The spirit of fear, God did not give us a spirit. We have to get this off on the inside. So we quit calling it our anxiety, okay? Look up the word anxiety. Google it and see isn't one of the meanings fear. So God said, God has not given us a spirit of fear. And anything that tries to take his place becomes our God. God is our peace, okay? And when we keep our mind stayed on him, he has promised to keep us in his perfect peace. Put a demand on the word. Declare and decree what he has said to me. We need to declare and decree the promises of God concerning marriage, the promises of God concerning finances, the promises of God concerning how he will provide for us. Praise him. Oh, magnify the Lord. Not the promise, not the problem, but we need to come together and magnify the promise magnify the Lord. Let us come together. Let us, let's magnify, oh, will you magnify the promise? Magnify the Lord. He is a promise keeper. He is a man of his word. He watch over his word to perform it. God cannot tell us a lie. We need to believe what he say, because when we don't, it causes us, he said, don't rebel against the Lord. Don't rebel against the Lord. Don't let fear come. Because you look at it and you say, oh, this is too big for me. You're right. It is too big for you. He never said for just one person to go in to possess the land. He was going to send them all in to possess the land. So you've done the paperwork. You've set up the business. You got the LLC. You got the Duns. You got the uh, whatever you did supposed to do. You did all your footwork. You got all your groundwork. Now it's time to go in and possess it. But he's not calling you to do it alone. He's saying you're going to need a team. And it's not you. It's him in you. It's him through you. God is going to help us. Whatever he's called us to do, he's going to anoint us to do whatever it is he's called us to do. And he's going to bring alongside of us a team. People with, with a like spirit. Because if you don't get a team, and if you keep thinking, if you linger in fear, it's going to cause you to rebel. Fear, doubt is the opposite of faith. Because when we don't believe God, we doubt God and we call him a liar. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Okay. We must first believe that he does exist and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God is a rewarder. I'm telling you, I can testify to this. God is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. Keep bringing God in remembrance of his word. What is the promises of God concerning what you're going through. What promises has God told you? What is the vision? What is the mission? The ultimate goal is to fulfill the work that God has called us and created us to. The Apostle Paul said, I fought the good fight of faith. I finished my course. I want to finish my course. I want to finish my course. We have to fight the fight of faith. This was a fight of faith. You was going to have to walk by faith because in the natural, there was really giants. Everything they said in the natural really was true. There was giants in the land and they was bigger than them. But this was not going to be a physical fight. This was going to be, yes, you was going to have to fight physically, don't get it wrong, but it was going to be a fight of faith because your faith was going to be in the fact that God was for you. Like, the, like, um, like they said, he said, only don't rebel. Number, numbers 14 and 9. The reason we're rebelling is because uh, we're rebelling against the Lord is because of the fear. 
And don't be afraid of the people. Because God has to deliver us from the people before he can deliver us to the people. The fear of man causes a snare. And so they was afraid of the giants. They was afraid of the people. And because they was afraid of the people, they could not possess the promise. Or your fear of man causes a snare. Is it your fear of people that's keeping you from possessing the promise, from being able to cross over? Not everybody's going to go with you. So just because that little group you in, they don't want to move forward, that don't mean God ain't calling you out. Separate me. Barnabas and uh, who was the other person? Unto the Lord for the work of the ministry. Just because everybody, when God called you, he called you. Okay? So you have to walk, get out. Walk in the promises. And he, as you go, he will send people alongside of you. But if you're not doing anything, if you're not working towards the vision, there's nothing to add to you. What's, if, we're, if we're not moving, if we're not... And moving doesn't necessarily out in the streets driving everywhere. Moving is just on the computer setting up doing the paperwork. Or I don't know what is it God has called you to do. Write out the vision and make it plain. Get your vision because a man without a vision, he cast off restraints and he's run wild. A man without a vision is just wild and everywhere. He's just reckless. He's hopeless. A man without a vision is hopeless because he don't seem like he don't feel like he has a purpose. A person without a purpose, a person who feel like he don't have a purpose, a person that has no hope is a hopeless person, which is a da- very dangerous person. A hopeless person is a very dangerous person because they don't feel like they have a purpose. And so they do these mass shootings and because they, they feel like this is my life. This is the end of it. It, it has no meaning. I know I'm going to go to prison forever. I know I'm going to die or whatever. Okay, so um, by the way, pray for those family members that's been affected by those mass shootings. We had two in California. Okay, so let's go on and go. It says, don't be afraid of them because the fear of man is going to keep you from possess- being able to possess your promise. Um, verse uh, Numbers 14 and 10. He says, while the whole community threatened to stone them. Listen here. I don't want to hear that right now. They threatened to stone Joshua, Moses, Moses, and Caleb because they was trying to encourage them. They was wanting to, people will try to, the apostle Paul says, have I become your enemy by telling you the truth? Listen, they wanted to stone. I know I made some people mad because I've told them the truth and they wanted to, and they probably did call people and stone me. When, you know, they wanted to physically pick up stones to stone them to death. But we stone each other with our words. When we gossip and call other people and talk about people, we're throwing stones. But no weapon formed against me shall prosper, and every tongue that rises against me in judgment shall be condemned. For this is the heritage of the saints. But they wanted to stone Moses, Joshua, and Caleb for trying to encourage them. They said, listen, don't rebel against the Lord. They was rebuking them, really. He said, don't rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people that's in the land. Their protection has been removed. This is good news from them. And the Lord is with us. He said, don't be afraid of them. That, that's, what he, that's what they said to the, to the Israelites. This is what Moses and Joshua and Caleb, they was all in agreement with this. But the people wanted to stone them because they were backslidden. 
and they were stuck in a rut and they didn't want to they wanted to believe what they wanted to believe they wanted to have you ever wanted to stone someone for giving you a word of correction or even a word of encouragement because you come to them with a problem and they start telling you the promises and you're like oh yeah well i'll talk to you later i gotta get off the phone why because you don't want to hear that because sometimes we get stuck we get so stuck in our story we get so stuck in our story we get so stuck are you stuck in your story that man laid on that bed for 38 years and when Jesus Christ himself the healer the Messiah the son of God manifested himself to him asked him if he wanted to be healed all it was was a yes or no question because he was so stuck in his story he began to rehearse the verse He had lost his faith. He was there for 38 years. He began to tell. He came with his excuses as to why he couldn't do what what God had called him to do. Are you stuck in your story? What's your excuse? Well, I can't do this because I have no one to help me. I can't do this because I don't know how to do this. How, How many of you know that if God has called you to do it, he will give you his wisdom. But you're going to have to seek him for it. Some of us are lazy and we want other people to do the work for us. We don't want to read the word. We just want to listen to other people preach it. We don't want to get in the Bible, break it open, and begin to fix meals, begin to fix our own meals. We just want the fast food. We want to be able to go through the drive-thru. We want to be able to hit a video and listen to someone else preach and teach. And that's all good because we need that. Every joint supplies a need. But that's vitamin supplements because sometimes that's the only food we eat. There is no substitute for sitting down and actually spending time with the Lord Jesus Christ. Can't nobody get to know God for you. We're actually going to have to spend some time with him. We're going to shut the TV off, shut the YouTubes off, shut the Facebook off, shut the preachers off. And we're going to have to really just get down, seek, and you shall find. Knock. I'm talking about, I'm talking about going on the inside. I'm not talking about the surfacey stuff. I'm not, I'm not talking about how many Bible verses, because I'm personally, I'm not impressed by how many Bible verses people know. The thing that impresses me is that the love that they have. Because the devil knows the word, but he can't he can't do the word. This is why Jesus said you'll know him by the fruit. There's no condemnation here. This is a teachable moment, but we're gonna have to go deep in order to get what? Get delivered. In order to possess. Cause some of us we're just backsliding and you know, you know, you talk to people sometimes and they get the arraignment word, they come out, and next time you talk to them, they write back where you started from. What's going on here? God delivered, we were were just talking about this a week ago, and you're right back in the same place. What's going on? It's like we're just wandering in the wilderness. God had already gave me faith to overcome this fear. God had already gave me faith to overcome this doubt and unbelief. God had already gave me the faith to believe for my healing. Now I'm back talking again. If it's the Lord's will, I'm back talking again. Doubt and unbelief. I'm, I'm back talking again. This evil report. Listen here. The devil comes. There's no condemnation. I'm getting ready to tell you what's going on. The devil comes to steal the word. The Bible says, be doers of the word and not hearers only, unless you deceive yourself. Once you get a word, you need to. we need to act on it. Ask God for wisdom. You say, how do I act on it? The Bible says, faith without works is dead. I always tell people, when you read the word, look for the verb. Look for the action verb, because the verb is going is the works. 
the verb is going, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. So what's the verb? I must be willing and I must be obedient if I want to eat the good of the land. So what's my, that's my part. My part is to be willing. My part is to be obedient. And then I will experience the goodness of the Lord. When you read the word, from now, listen, when you read the word, look for the verb. The verb is our works. Faith without works is dead. If you're believing God for your healing, uh, is going to church 10 times a week, that's not your works. Don't don't get me wrong. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But I'm just saying, uh, he said, by Jesus stripes, ye were healed. So what's my, you know, what, when I read that verse, my part is to believe what he said. And to do anything else after that. If you said, okay, well, you need to go exercise 10 times a day. You know, ask God for wisdom. God and his word is one. We must believe what he say. Believers, believe. All of the word of God. There is no buts in God. Okay? There is no buts in God. Believers, believe. They read the word. They believe the word. And they act on the word. Believers believe, okay? So let's just start believing what the word of God say. Okay. Okay, so here we are. I'm trying to finish this. This is numbers 14 and 10. Okay, so 9, he's telling them, don't be afraid, don't be rebellious. 10 says, while the whole community threatened to stone them, the glory of the Lord appeared to all the Israelites at the tent of the meeting. When they was getting ready to try to stone them, <laughs> the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent to protect them. The glory of the Lord revealed. Then the Lord said to Moses, Numbers 14 and 11, How long will these people despise me? How long will they not trust in me? Despise all the signs I have performed among them. I will strike them with a plague and destroy them. I will make you into a greater and mightier nation than they are. But Moses replied to the Lord, The Egyptians will hear about it. For he, Moses began to intercede. <laughs> The Lord got angry. He said, how long will these people despise me? Because you know what? We don't trust God. We doubt God. And we despise God. And we go against God when we don't trust God. See, they were getting ready to go against God because they didn't trust God. They said, we don't trust you. We're going back to Egypt. You just brought us out here to die. And the Lord is saying, after all that I've done for you. You know, you, you ever do stuff for people and then they act like they forgot all the things you did for them. Well, this is how they was acting. They was act, They have forgotten everything. Forget not the Lord's benefits. That's why in everything and in all things, it's so important to give God thanks and praise all throughout the day because a grateful heart is a thankful heart. They did not have a grateful heart. They lived from miracle to miracle. And they forgot every time. The devil stole the word from their heart. How many of you know the condition of our heart determines how we receive the word of God? Go in and listen to that podcast. The condition of our heart. It talks about the parable of the sword, the wayside, the thorny, uh, the good ground, the, you know, the different types of hearts. What type? That's that. Those The parable of the sword, it describes the condition of our heart. We fit into one of those categories. And if our heart is not good ground, if our heart is not yielded, if our heart is not wielded, if our heart is not a heart of submission, if our heart is not a heart of surrender, if our heart is not the heart that says, Lord, not my will, let your will be done. Only the pure in heart shall see the Lord. If our motive is not God's motive, we can do good things and our motive not be God. We can do good and it not be God. 
Lord Jesus, we come before you, Father. We ask that you create in us a clean heart, renew in us a right spirit. Don't allow your ears to grow dull. Don't allow your ears to grow dull. Love not the world, nor the things of the world. Because when we love the world, the love of the Father is not in us. When we lose our fire for God, when we lose our desire for the things of God, when we lose our hunger for God, that's because the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and everything around us has came to uh, distract us and has stolen the word of God from us. It's so important. Be doers of the word, not hearers only, lest you deceive yourself. As you listen to this podcast, find look for the verb so you can uh, know what the works is. When you read the word, look for the verb. The verb is our works. Because a lot of times people don't know what the works are. Faith without works is dead. If you see someone, they're hungry. Your works is to feed them. Jesus said, show me your faith without your works. I'll show you my faith by my works. If a brother or sister is hungry and destitute and you say, bless, go be, be, be filled. But if you don't give them any food. See, our faith must be made complete by our works. Go in and listen to that podcast. Has your faith been made complete? Okay, I'm trying to finish here. Okay, the Lord said to Moses, okay, so the Lord, Moses began to intercede because the Lord got angry. He said, look, how long would they despise me? How long would they rebel against me? Look, I've done all these things and they still won't trust me and they still won't believe me. And a lot of times people are like, oh, how could they not believe God the same way we don't? Because it's a heart condition. And and though God may not physically open the Red Sea, but he did because he brought us out. He delivered me. He delivered you. And we forget our testimony. And we quit telling our testimony. But as we live for the Lord, we should have daily, we should have a testimony. Because this is why I say keep looking for the good in your day so you can see God's goodness all throughout your day. Because when you look for what's good, you always give God thanks and praise. The fact that I'm up, the fact that I'm breathing, it's because of him that we live. It's because of him that we move. It's because of him that we have our being. So if God has brought us out of something and we've gone back into it, that means we backslid. Backslid is a condition of the heart. You can still be going to church, singing in the choir, be backslid. You can still be having your hands up, praising the Lord and be backslid. The word of God tells us, he said, you praise me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. There's no condemnation in this. This is a teachable moment because in order to get delivered from a lie, we must be willing to face the truth. This is called inner healing. Biblical principles for inner healing because we go deep. We're not surfacy. I'm not the one that's going to tell you you are right when you are wrong. Why? Because the reason it's so hard for me to tell people the truth is because I love people for real and I hate what's evil and I hate the devil. And one of the things that God has called me to do is I love to see the promises of God manifested. I love to see people's lives being transformed and changed by the word of God. So I pray I don't become your enemy by telling you the truth. I pray you don't want to pick up stones and start stoning me (laughs) because I'm telling you what the word of God said. Okay. There's no condemnation here. This is a teachable moment. And what we didn't know yesterday, we're going to learn today, but we got to act on it because we got, so the devil's not able to come and steal the word. 
He wants to steal the word, the distractions, the cares of the world. It's always going to be something. This is why we got to put God first. He's going to try to crowd God out of our lives. He's going to try to fix it. And all throughout the day, we have to keep our minds stayed on the Lord Jesus Christ. When we keep our minds stayed on the Lord, he has promised us peace. He said in this world, we're going to have trouble. We're going to have some tribulations because the devil's in this world. He's the he's the small G-O-D of this world, Corinthians tell us. The Satan is the God of this world, of this world system. Right? So we're not going to be able to control everybody around us. We can't bind it. We can rebuke it. But I'm saying we can't control everything that happens in this world. But we can keep our minds stayed on the Lord. And we can pray. And the God of peace will give us his peace. Keep your mind stayed on the Lord. What does that mean? Meditate on his word. What is his promises? Keep your music going when you're driving. Keep praying while you're washing dishes. Keep your mind stayed on the Lord. And he will keep you in perfect peace. Those who keep their minds stayed on the Lord, them he will keep in perfect peace. Okay? Okay. So, um, excuse me. I'm, I'm almost finished. Numbers 14. Um, let me see. I'm trying to hurry up here. Please read um, Numbers 13 and 14. Um, and so, they have heard that the Lord are among these people. How you, O Lord, have seen face to face. How your clouds stand over the people. Because Moses is interceding, saying, Lord, don't destroy them. Because the Egyptians are going to think you brought them out here to kill them. If you kill this people with a single blow, the nations that have heard of your fame will declare. Since the Lord wasn't able to bring this people into the land, he swore to give them. He has slaughtered them in the wilderness. Um, Numbers 14 and 16. Moses is interceding, saying, Lord, don't destroy the people. Because if you do, this is what they're going to be saying about you. Okay? We on 17, Numbers 14, 17. So now may my Lord's power be magnified just as you have spoken. The Lord is slow to anger and abounding in faithful love, forgiving iniquity and rebellion. But he will not leave the guilty unpunished, bringing the consequences of the father's iniquity on the children to the third and fourth generation. Please pardon the iniquity of this people in keeping with the greatness of your faith. Moses is interceding. He's a please, please forgive them. Please forgive their iniquity. Please, Lord, don't, you know, he's, he's interceding. He's, he's gone before the Lord. And that's we too, you know, somebody prayed for me and somebody's still praying for me. My, my mama, I know for a fact, prayed for me. You know, when she stood in the gap and she said, Lord, you said, if I believe Acts 16, 31, that not only shall I be saved, but my household shall be saved. You know, we have to stand in the gap and we have to intercede for people. Stand in the gap. Moses was interceding. He was standing in between God and the people and said, Lord, don't destroy these people. Don't do it, Lord. Forgive their rebellion. Forgive their iniquity. And then on uh, Numbers 14, 20, the Lord responded, I have pardoned them as you have requested. <laughs> I forgive them, Moses, because you prayed for them. I forgive them, Moses. Yet as surely as I live and as the whole earth is filled with this Lord's glory, none of the men who have seen my glory and the signs I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness and have tested me then 10 times. He said 10 times they tested him and did not obey me. Oh. When we don't believe God, we test God. When we don't believe God. And, and you know what? Quit trying to fleece the Lord. Lord, if this is really you, if this is what you want me to do, then do this. That's evil. Don't tempt and try to test the Lord because he does not have to answer our questions. We have to answer his. Don't quit trying to t fleece the Lord or test the Lord or tempt the Lord. If it, if you're really the son of God, then cast yourself among the stones. And the, 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 what did Jesus tell the, the uh, Satan, the devil? You should not tempt the Lord thy God. 
financial not live by bread alone, but every word uh, the proceed of my God. He said, "You don't tempt me. You don't try to test me. That's evil. Quit trying to fleece the Lord. Lord, if you if this is you, open this door and shut this door. Don't you know the devil gets into that? I did a podcast. Are you praying a miss? I believe that one talks about that. He don't. He don't. Quit trying to test the God. Test God and just believe God. Anything done outside of faith is sin. This is why he said he called them rebel. He said, quit rebelling against the Lord. Because to rebel against something means you have knowledge of. It's a difference in ignorance and uh and and uh rebellion. Ignorance means I don't know. Rebellion means I do know, but I'm just gonna do what I want to do. Okay, so then it says, But since my servant Caleb have a different spirit, Caleb had a different spirit. But God is saying, you know what, these people here, they're never gonna enter in. They're going to wander in the wilderness. They touched me 10 times and they did not even obey me. Verse 23, Numbers 14, 23. They will never, ever see the land I swore to give their fathers. None of these, none of those who have despised me will see it. Harden not your heart. Harden not your heart. Quit testing God, tempting God. Quit it. Harden, just believe him. Believe what he said. He don't have to answer your quizzes. Lord, if this you, shut this door, open this door. The devil hear you when you pray that. The just shall live by faith. The just shall walk by faith. We are to walk by what we believe, not by what we see. We have an unction from the Holy One that knoweth all things. The spirit of truth will lead us into truth. Every He said, acknowledge me in all your ways and I'll direct your path. If you don't know right then and there what to do, then you need to sit down and wait and be still till you get a word or an unction or something for the leading of the Lord letting you know what to do. Sometimes you may have to sit and wait, but while you're waiting, wait, those who wait on the Lord, that don't mean to be doing nothing. Continue doing what you were supposed, you were supposed to be doing. Continue doing that last word until you get a new word. Okay, so here we go. But since my servant Caleb has a different... Now, he said none of them, those doubt non-believers, they're not going in. They're not going into the promised land. None of them are going in. None of those who have despised me will see it. Numbers 14 and 24, uh, 23 said none of them who despise me will see it. We're not going to inherit the promises. We're not going to be able to cross over if we despise God. And we call him a liar. We have to possess the promise. We have to possess the mission. We have to possess the vision by faith. It's not by might nor by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. It's not about having confidence in your education and your knowledge and your strength and none of that. Have no confidence in the arm of flesh, but it's about totally trusting and leaning and depending on the Lord Jesus Christ. It's none of your business how he's going to do it. He will give you strategies as you need it. The footsteps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. The Lord will order your footsteps a piece at a time. Life is like a puzzle. He'll give you a piece here. Then he'll give you another piece there and he'll give you a piece here. He's promised to lead God and direct us into everything that's true. Will you allow God to lead God and direct you into everything that he has for you? God is a God. He is a spirit of truth. Allow him to lead you into everything that is true. So I'm I'm finna try to, I'm trying to finish it here. So he said none of them was going to enter. 
number 14. They weren't going to see the promise. And, and you know, I heard Dr. Miles Moreau say one time, the richest place in the world is a graveyard because you have so many unsung songs, so many unwritten books where people did not finish. They did not inherit the promise. They did not finish their course. They, did, they didn't. They died without finishing the promise. They died without apprehending the thing that God had called them to, to apprehend. But there's no condemnation. Today is a new day. We get to get up. We get to repent of not trusting God, not believing God. Because that's the sin. The sin of unbelief is the sin that leads us into sin. It, when we don't believe God, we sin. We don't do what he say. When we don't believe God, we rebel against God, right? 24, but since my servant Caleb has a different spirit and has remained loyal to me, I will bring him into the land where he has gone and his descendants will inherit it. So Caleb had a different spirit. He had a heart that was tender. To, that He had a heart of faith. He believed God. Since the Amalekites and the Canaanites are living in the lowlands, turn back tomorrow and head for the wilderness in the direction of the Red Sea. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, How long must I endure this evil community that keeps complaining about me? Mm. When we don't trust God, we complain. We complain when we don't trust God. We complain. Are you stuck in the wilderness? Which, are you gonna? Can you make the crossover? Are you gonna? Are you gonna cross over, or are you gonna stay on the other side? Are you gonna cross over into the promised land? Are you gonna possess the promises of God? Are you gonna carry out the mission of God? Are you gonna fulfill the purpose of God, or will you stay on the other side? Will you stay over there, and will you complain, and will you backslide, and will you continue to deal with the oppression and the depression simply because we don't want to believe God? There's no condemnation because remember, perfect love casts out fear. Meditate on Bible verses and talk about the love of God. Perfect love casts out fear. We, it was because God so loved us that he gave his only son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. And he proved his love for us when we were yet sinners by giving his son to, to die for us. Even when we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. This is how he proved his love for us, that even when we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. This is what the word of God says. When we were yet sinners, it wasn't based upon how good I was. It was based upon how good God is. He loved us. It wasn't because I loved him. It was because he first loved me. I didn't know God to love God. Okay. It was God's love for me that caused him to die for me. It had nothing to do with me. It was because of who he is. God is love. Love is who God is. So for him not to love us, he would have to go outside he would have to quit being himself. He would have to deny himself. It does, it's not just that God loves, but God is love, the Bible says. And those who who uh, don't have love, they are no God and they're known by God. But those who do not love does not know God. And they're not known by God. Those who love God are known by God. Corinthians 8 and 3. I think it's 1 Corinthians 8 and 3. Okay, um... So then Moses, um, okay, so where we at? And so he said, Caleb, he remained loyal to me. I will bring him into the land where he has gone. His descendants will inherit it. Numbers 14, 25. Since the Amalites and Canaanites are living in the lowlands, turn back tomorrow here for the wilderness. Okay, so he said, he's leading them back to the wilderness. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron. How long must I endure this evil communication that keeps complaining about me? I've heard the Israelites' complaints that they make against me. Tell them, as surely as I live, this is the Lord's declaration. I will do to you exactly as I heard you say. Mm -hmm. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. 
He said, I'm going to do exactly as you have said. Your corpse will fall in this wilderness. All of you who have registered in the census, the entire number of your 20 years old or more, 20 years and older, because you have complained about me, I swear that none of you will enter the land I promised to settle you in except Caleb, son of Japhonim, and Joshua, son of Nun. I will bring your children whom you said will be come plundered into the land you rejected and they will enjoy it but as for you your corpse will fall in the wilderness your children will be shepherds in the wilderness for 40 years and bear the penalty for your acts of unfaithfulness until all your corpses lie scattered in the wilderness you will know my displeasure so the men, um, verse 36. Okay, so the Lord led him back to the wilderness. He said, you know what? You're going to have exactly what you say. You're going to wander in this wilderness for 40 years. You, This is what you want? You want this place of familiarity? Are some of you wandering in the wilderness? Are you stuck in your story? God keep bringing you out, but you keep going back in. He keep bringing you out, but you keep going back in. He delivered you from fear. Last month, we was talking faith. Yesterday, last week, we was talking faith. This week, we talking fear again. How long will we despise him? How long will we not, will we complain against the Lord? We don't be speaking the promises. We start speaking the problems. So we go call our problem people, the people that's going to agree with what we say. You don't want the good word. You don't want the good news. When people try to give you a word of encouragement, yes, God is able. Remember what he said here? Yes, but I, but you don't understand this is different. I got to go now. Hurry up, get off the road. Because they don't want that. They want that misery. They want to sit there in that woe. That's what they want. They want to talk about the problem. They don't want the promise. It's that wilderness mentality. They want to complain. I can't complain with you because you're going to tell me the truth. You're going to tell me what the word say. I don't want the word, but God. You know, I, I know my mom got saved. And, oh, boy, we would come to her with a problem. She would say, this is what she would say, because we wasn't saved. She said, listen, you need to give your life to Jesus Christ, because in that order. Because, wow, she didn't have no Bible verses for me. It wasn't you need to go pray. It was you need to give your life to Jesus Christ. She knew I wasn't saved. And then if you're going to live with this man, y'all need to get married because you don't need to live in sin. It was in that order. She didn't say, well, you need to go do. Why? Because she couldn't give me spiritual things because I was natural and carnal. I hadn't accepted Christ. So the first thing I needed to do is get my life in alignment with God by accepting the son, Jesus Christ. And now, once I accept the son, his son, Jesus Christ, now she can start talking to me spiritual things. A natural man does not understand spiritual things because they're spiritually discerned. She couldn't talk to me Bible verses. I wouldn't have understood what she was saying because I did not have the spirit. Those who have not the spirit are none of his. I had to be born again, just like Jesus told Nicodemus. I had to accept Jesus Christ as his Lord, my Lord and Savior, to be able to understand what the Spirit of the Lord was saying. I was not a friend of God, okay? I was not. I, I didn't know God to love God. I was a sinner. 
born into sin and shaped in iniquity. And I had to be born again. I had to accept the Lord Jesus Christ. And once I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, then I was able to understand spiritual things. Then me and my mother could fellowship. But when I used to come to my mom with a promise, a problem, and she tell me about the prop, the promise, which is Jesus Christ, I would say I wanted to stone her. We was we did stone her. All of us. We say, dog, you can't even talk to mom no more. All she wanted to do is talk about the Lord. No, she was being an ambassador of Jesus Christ. She was being a minister of reconciliators. She was telling us, listen here, your problem solver, you're going to have to accept him. It's not that everything is going to be peaches and roses, but I'm telling you, he can give you the peace. You see the peace that I, that's on me. You know, because when my mom got saved, she had a Damascus Street experience. She was completely different. That's what I mean. I mean, like last month you was doing this. Yes, last week you was doing this, but this week you ain't doing that no more. You ain't smoking, you acting weird. My mom, t- my mom had a Damascus Street. Martha Taylor had a Damascus Street experience. She had changed so much that I missed her because it was literally, it was like she was a different person. And that's how it's supposed to be. When we accept Jesus Christ, His spirit comes to live inside of us. His spirit bears witness with our spirit to let us know that we are sons of God. We should be changed. Repentance is evident. You you should be able to see change. If I'm sorry, you should be able to see sorry. If I'm really truly sorry, you're going to see it in my behaviors, in my actions. She was sincerely sorry. He that loveth much is forgiven. He that's forgiven much loveth much. She was sincerely sorry. She accepted Jesus Christ and he changed her life. And I saw it. It was undeniable. She didn't even have to preach scriptures. We just look at her life because we knew her lifestyle. And we could tell she was different. Let your light so shine before men that they will see your good works. And your Father which is in heaven will be glorified. My light is our lifestyle. People should be able to look at your lifestyle and see Christ. Jesus is the light. His word is a light unto our what is a light unto our path is a lamp unto our a light unto our path and a lamp unto a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. The word of God will lead us into everything that's good. The Holy Spirit will lead us, guide us, and direct us. He's our paraclete. He's here to walk with us, to teach us, to comfort us. Okay? Okay, I'm trying to finish this here. So that's what happened to him. So the men, Numbers fourteen thirty six. So the men Moses sent to scout out the land and who returned and incited the entire community to complain about him by spreading a negative report about the Lord. Those men who spread that negative report about the Lord, they were struck down by the Lord. Only Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of um, Nephanon, remained alive of those men who went to scout out the land. Only two survived. The other ten died because they spread it they gave an evil report. And when we don't say what God say, we too give an evil report. When we complain and we speak contrary to what the word of God say, we too give a negative report. They could not enter in because of evil heart of unbelief. That was the sin that kept them from entering in. It was an evil heart of unbelief. That was the sin that led to sin. Because they did not believe God, they did not trust God, and they spoke evil against God. And when we complain, and we don't say what God say, we too, we too will not be able to cross over. 
It's not the devil that's stopping us from crossing over. It's us not believing God and trusting God and having faith in who he is. That's keeping us because he, like Moses had told us, God is against them. His favor, he's not with them. God is with us. God is in us. Don't we say it greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world? We say it all the time. What does that mean? It means that the spirit of the living God that came to live inside of me when I accepted his son, Jesus Christ, is greater than the spirit of the Antichrist. That spirit that's in the world that's trying to get me to doubt God. That spirit, that negative evil report. They were Antichrist. That was an Antichrist spirit that came back and gave that negative report. We cannot. They were saying God is a liar. We can't possess it. They're giants. They're bigger than us. We're ants with grasshoppers in their sight. That was an evil, the Bible said, an evil report. Because they call God a lie. They despised him. And when we don't trust God, we too, when we speak contrary, God said, if you believe not only shall you be saved, but your house. Oh, that boy ain't going to never change. That girl ain't going to never change. That's an evil report. Life and death is in the power of our tongue. And those that love it, we're going to eat the fruit thereof. We're going to eat our words. The Lord said, okay, you, I'm going to give you what you say. You're going to have what you say. We're having, we're believing what we're, re- we're receiving, what we're believing. We're receiving what we're believing. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm going to pick, I'm going to cross over. And I'm going to go with Joshua and Caleb. I need somebody with some faith like Joshua and Caleb. Somebody who's steadfast and movable and always have time for God and always abounding in the work of the Lord. And always, this is a daily thing. This is, I can't, we can't live off yesterday manner. How many of you know God has promised us fresh manner daily? The same way he, he was trying to teach them to trust him. I don't want you keeping nothing over. I want you to live by faith. Every day I want you to trust me for what it is that you need. Every day. And some people don't call on God. And some people won't accept God because they don't see a need for God. Lord, have mercy. Because the truth of the matter is we need him each and every. The very breath that we breathe. The very life that we live. It's in him and because of him that we live and we move and we have our being. So my prayer today is because I'm getting ready to end this is don't despise God. Don't call God a liar because when we don't trust God and we don't believe God, we call him a liar. For without faith, he's, uh, it tells us, the word tells us without faith, Hebrews, it's impossible to please God. We must first believe that he does exist and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Listen here, God is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. We must continue to, when we under the pressure, when it doesn't, when it look like that they're bigger than us, when it doesn't look like in the natural that, that the bills are going to be paid, when it doesn't look like in the natural that the marriage or the children are going to be saved. I don't know what it is. What is it? What is it? What's your giant? We have giants in the land. The giants are sent on an assignment. The distractions, the winds, the waves, those are demonic assignments. Jesus never said we wouldn't have trouble. He said in this world, we're going to have tribulations. We're going to have some trouble. But those who keep their minds stayed on me, I will keep you in perfect peace. We have to set our face like a flint. It wasn't until Peter took his eyes off Christ that he began to sink. He was distracted by the distractions, by the winds, by the waves. He started out. 
let's not start out. Let's not put our hands to the plow and look back because God doesn't take pleasure in that. There's no condemnation. All I'm saying here is forget not the Lord's benefits. And in everything and in all things, remember to give God thanks. Remember to give God glory. Remember to give God praise. Because if not, when times get hard, the Bible says that the wise man, he built his life, his house on the rock. And we must build our life on the rock. We must build our life on the word. The rock is the word. My life must be built around the rock. My faith must be solid like the rock. Because, but the foolish man built his life on the sand, on the, the world, old wise fables and the sayings of the world and the things of the world, the philosophy of men. He built his life on his own ability, on his own wisdom, on his own knowledge, on his own education. His life was built on things that he could see, things that he could feel, things that he could touch. Out, out of his, that's what is, so when the storms of life came, the Bible says that the wise man house, it was able to stand because he built his life on the word. He built his life, his faith was rooted and grounded in what God said and not, the, not what things look like. But when the storms of life came, the man who built his house on the philosophy of the world, on the love of the world, on his own ability, on his own knowledge, on his own will, on his own way, on his having confidence in his own armor flesh. When the storms of life came, great was the fall. Great. When we see people's lives falling apart, you could tell if a person is rooted and grounded in Christ by what comes out of their mouth when they're going through the storms. Is faith coming out of your mouth? Is fear coming out of your mouth? When it looked like the son ain't going to be saved, the daughter ain't going to be saved, what are you saying? Are you speaking contrary to? Are you saying what the word of God say? And sometimes those words are edification, exhortation, but sometimes those words are rebuke. Let's remember to stand in the gap like Moses stood in the gap. Let's remember to stand in the gap. Jesus is sitting at the right hand side of the father making intercessions for us. He said, Peter, the devil, he wants to sift you like we, but I pray for you that your faith won't fail. My prayer is that our faith will not fail and that we will be able to cross over, that we will be able to move out of into. Because some of us have been sitting in the pews for 30 years and they're not growing from faith to faith. We have no fruit. We have no fruit. They brought back fruit as evidence. That he who promises your life is the fruit. My life is the fruit. I am the testimony because I knew who I was then and I know who I am now. Always remember to testify. Every day we should have some testimony. If you keep looking for the good in your day, you'll see God in your day. Testify about the goodness of the Lord. Testify. God wants us to grow from faith to faith and glory to glory. I'm getting ready to end it here. You guys be blessed and be so encouraged. Father, we just thank you that this word has landed on good grounds, that it will bring forth good fruit. Father God, and you will bring your word to our remembrance when we begin to mumbling, grumbling, complain. Father, we, pr- we, act, we pray, we f- repent. Father, let me tell you, we repent of doubt and unbelief. We repent of not trusting you. We repent of not believing you. 
because we don't want to be like the children of Israel. We repent of doubt and unbelief. We repent, Father, we say, forgive us. Forgive us for not trusting you. Forgive us for not believing you. In Jesus' name, Father, we pray these things. And we ask that you give us strategies, that you make your will plain and clear to us, that you will give us visions so we can write out the vision. And it can be plain. Lead us, guide us, direct us, Holy Spirit, Father. You said for us to acknowledge you in all our ways and you would direct our path. For us not to lean to our own understanding. Don't try to figure it out on our own. But to acknowledge you and you would direct our path. Father, forgive us for not trusting you. Forgive us, Father, for doubting you. Creating us a clean heart. Renewing us a right spirit. Let our motives be your motives. Let our good be God. And Father, we thank you for your correction. We thank you for chastising us because you chastise those you love. We thank you for edifying us. In Jesus' name, Father, we say we will go where you go. We will follow your lead. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If this has been a blessing to you, you guys hit that subscribe button. So when I come on, you'll get a notification. Also, please share this podcast. Hit the message button if this message has encouraged you, inspired you in any way. And make sure that you help spread the word. We are ambassadors of Christ, right? Ministers of reconciliators. I'm ending it here on this rainy, beautiful, beautiful day that the Lord has made. I think this is January 19, 2023. This is a Tuesday. It's rainy here in Dallas, Texas, but... Our situation and circumstance don't change who good who God is. God is good. He is very, very good. And I'm ending it here. You guys be so very, very blessed. Be encouraged. And you keep looking for the good. Look at what's good in your day. So you can see God's goodness all throughout your day. And testify about the goodness of God. And remember to be grateful and thankful. Because a grateful heart is a, a thankful heart is a grateful heart. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This is Arthur Pearlie Martin with Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. Till next time, be blessed and be encouraged.